We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is Thursday. The weekend is almost upon us. As always, the silky smooth sounds of your Thursday crew. I am half of that crew, Jason Perrone. You can also find some of my work. I do the Quick Slants podcast over at Game On Wisconsin. Along with me, as always, of Packer Report is Mark Eckel. Mark, for the second week in a row, we benefit from the, I'll call it the news cycle. Two weeks, two joint practices, and this week it's the Patriots. Yes, and I, as we said last week, I like joint practices. I, I think they're good for for both teams and, the, and for the coaches, for the players. They, you you get to see some some different looks, and uh, you get to judge how the team really looks. Because like 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 I I said last week, when the pack you know when the Packers or any teams playing against themselves, is your offense looking good or is your or is your defense looking bad or vice versa? Mm-hmm. You know you don't know like you know so here you know if if the if the Packers defense scores against New England's. Uh, defense, then okay, that's a good thing. Or if the Packers defense shuts down New England's off, well, that's a good thing. And so, yeah, you you get to see some things, and um, yeah, it's, I just think everything. I think there's I don't see much negative coming out of it. According to the reports from Wednesday, 
it was a pretty good day for the Packers on both sides of the football. The defense played well, kept the starting offense for New England out of the end zone. They, they made some plays. Offensively, Jordan Love looked pretty good, uh, is, is what was reported there. Again, not a lot of video of this because, of course, the Packers don't want any of this stuff recorded or streamed or anything like that. But according to the reporters who were there, it, it was a pretty good day with the exception of, and I, I don't know, Mark, do we want to do we want to talk about this first? Do we want to lead off with this first? I mean, the, the kicker, yeah, Anders Carlson. Let's go with it because so this is bothering you very much. It is. So, so the to, kicker, yes, it is. So spoiler alert, as always, Mark and I always kind of talk through some of the stuff we're going to talk about. And this was something we bantered about earlier in the day on Wednesday. So Anders Carlson started out Wednesday pretty good. He made his first five kicks, but then including and, a 50, including a 50 yarder. And it was windy at practice on Wednesday, but then once they got into the two minute drill and they were in more of a live situation, he missed a couple of kicks, including one that was supposedly very strange looking. It, it looked like it died about what? 10 yards shy, yeah. 15 yards yeah. shy of the, of the crossbar of the, of the field goal. And again, it was windy, but it looked like it was, it hung in the air and then it just kind of plopped down as if somebody, you know, Shot some it. mysterious <laughs> force grabbed it midair and dropped it to the ground. I don't know. All I can say, it, it looked like that Chinese b- b- balloon, the balloon that was flying over Myrtle Beach last year that they shot it down. The balloon, the <laughs> balloon, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so here's the here's the, here's the thing. So I've I've teetered back and forth because I was not loving his early performance and the inconsistency. Then he had a really really good day, really good family night practice. And he followed it up with an, an okay performance. In, well, he started okay in the preseason game. He had a couple misses. Everybody he was the extra points. The extra points, which was when they were roasting him for, which is is right. you know it's a, it's it's a thing. Now, again, not to get I don't want to get off on a tangent, but Mason Crosby also had some issues with PATs at some points in his career. And we're talking about a Packers Hall of Fame kicker here. But then Carlson again, it's it, it's just. This is who they drafted. They drafted a kicker who does this, and he has done the thing that he was doing before he got drafted. So I'm a little dubious as far as what we can expect from him as far as consistency goes this year. Now, to your point, Mark, where it was like, hey, he's been with this team practicing in camp for a month. Obviously, there's more to be written on him. He's going to make right. this team. He's going to be the kicker. For those that are out there saying, bring in uh, you know somebody to push him, I don't know, maybe they will. I, I wouldn't be against it, but I can also understand if they decide not to do that because the Packers know where this guy's head is at and what's the best thing for him to keep his head in the game because kicking field goals is a lot like golf. We've talked about the mental aspect of it here. Mm-hmm. I know that you're much more patient and you've been around a lot of kickers. In fact, I know you're going to talk about David Akers, who was with the Eagles for a long time, and he turned out pretty good. Yeah, well, here's my thing. And I'm, I would I think if I was a head coach or a general manager or whatever, the, if, the person that puts the roster together i would always have two kickers in camp i thought you know even if even if i have um justin tucker yep. he's the best in the world right yep. but i would still have some if, if for nothing else so he doesn't have to take every kick just to save his leg a little bit mm-hmm. but i'm i'm i was so very i was a little surprised because the packers had all those young kickers last year remember they probably was their kicker but if you remember, they had they had a bunch of different kickers on the practice squad. They had the kid from UCLA, mm-hmm. somebody else. Like, remember they were they were running them through because if you remember a year ago, Crosby was having some some early you know 
he didn't kick much in camp last year because he was hurt. Yeah, his back, lower back, yep. Yeah, so then he, then he got healthy and he, he kicked all season. But there was even some concerns during the season. They had, they had a kicker on the practice squad. So I was really surprised that the Packers went to camp with only Andrews Carlson as their kicker. So I would, and again, I, like I said, I'm not ready to give up on the kid after a month. With that said, they if he keeps, let's see what happens. He has two more preseason games and a, and a bunch more practices be, be, before it, you know, it starts for, for real. But I don't think it, it would be the worst thing in the world to have another kicker just to maybe light a fire under him a little bit. I mean, competition is a good thing. So, like, you know, you have 90 guys. Get rid of the other long snapper because we, we know the, the veteran long snapper is going to make the team, right? The rookie's not going to beat out the guy that they gave a three-year contract to. Right. So get rid of the, get rid of the other long snapper and bring in another kicker just to keep Carlson on his toes. A like, I mean, right now he knows – he looks around, there's nobody there. So he's the guy. So I'm, and I'm not saying he's he's being lackadaisical about that, but let him know that hey, this isn't your you have to win this job. And again, the Packers know whether that's going to help Carlson or not, and, and I don't think they care. I mean, maybe maybe Rich Passaccia is like, look, we're bringing in competition because my job is on the line if you don't perform well. But he's again, we know all of the history, we know all of the the family dynamics with the Carlson brothers and his, his right. and Daniel in, in Vegas after he got cut by the Vikings after struggling, and and there's a lot more to be written in Anders Carlson's story. It's not like he's absolutely terrible. He just. The inconsistency from one kick to the next, you don't know what you're going to get. And it's it's just it is what it's it was was on paper or what we saw from him when he was drafted. There was a lot. Remember, there wasn't a lot of great reaction when he was drafted. Everybody was like, what? Did the, why are they drafting this guy? He was averaging right. in college. And, and I kind of said, well, do you really become an average collegiate anything and then turn into a really good pro? And we talked about that a little bit. And it's and I heard, you know, there was a lot of arguments about, well, Obviously, he's going to get coaching and time to practice and hone in on his craft. But it's like, well, if, if you're a good kicker, if you, if you were an average kicker in college, like what what is it that's going to you, do you? I mean, I guess if you get a kicker whisperer coach, then all of a sudden you become a really good, uh, really good performer at the NFL level. I mean, let's see. Who knows? I mean, it it seems well, like this season strong leg. He's got a very strong leg and it could be one of those things that. From game to game, like, you know, he might go out and bury four against the Bears. And then in week two, he goes, you know, one for right. three. Yeah, and that's that's the. I mean, but anybody can do, anybody can do that. I mean, I mean, other than Justin Tucker, who I mentioned earlier, but I mean, hey, Mason Crosby, like you said, who's probably the would you call him the best kicker in Packer history? Yeah, he's de- he's in the conversation for sure. I mean, he probably is. He's probably better. Than, Chris Chris Jackie was was very good. Ryan Longwell wasn't bad. But well, I'm even Crosby's thinking Stenerud. Like, go back to Stenerud. He's in the Hall oh, of Fame. Yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah, but he's only he was. I mean, he was only a Packer for a year or two. Right. I mean, he's a Chief more than a Packer, but. Crosby's probably the greatest kicker in Packer history. I'm, I'll, I'll put my name on that. That Crosby's the greatest kicker in Packer history. Well, I remember him missing five kicks in one game against the Lions in a dome. Yeah, and that was that was just th- four or five years ago. That's right. I mean, but he did it. I mean, and he, and he cost him that game. And the 2012 season was probably, really right? bad. That's documented. We know he had his troubles back then too. He went through some slumps in his career. That's true. Yeah, and he's the greatest. So I mean, kicking's a weird. I've never kicked in my life. Really? And I, I never. <laughs> Never. I mean, I played sport. I can't. I'm. I'm. I'd be the, like. I can't punt or. I don't know why. I just. It's the war. I could throw well. I can do. I can't kick. I don't know why. Like, I'd be a terrible soccer player if I ever wanted to play soccer. I'd have to play 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 goalie. Uh, but I'm, I'm, for some reason, I just don't kick straight. So I don't know. What, I don't know the dynamics of kicking. But it's a weird thing. I mean, like you said, 
a guy could make – I've seen – and we've all seen it. You've seen a kicker make a 53-yarder in the first quarter. Oh, hey, oh, wow. And then, you know, in the third quarter, miss a 38-yarder. And you're like, wait a minute, the guy just made a 53-yarder. How did he – and it's just – you compare it to, to golf, which is a good a, a good analogy. Because you've seen a guy, you know, hit a great drive on the on the third hole and then hit one in the, in the, in the water on the fifth hole, right? It's just so, very mental. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably more mental than, than any other aspect – of the game, right? And that's why I said when we were talking earlier, then I think if he's got a great leg, then I think the mental aspect's got to be getting him because you don't see too many pro kickers pop one up and come that short on a 43-yarder. I thought it was 40. It was it was 40, 43, apparently. 43, okay. Which, which, you know, three... It's still way too short. Then, it's it's well, way it's way too short of a kick to come up that short. Short, right? If you're wide right or wide left, what do you say? Well, yeah, he just hooked it or whatever. But to come up short on it, yeah, that makes no sense. And like like you said, and I'm I'm quoting Andy Andy Herman, who our, the 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 pod father of our of our pack a day. He said he's never seen anything like it. That it was it was going straight. It was right. You know, it looked perfect. And it just died. Like 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 we said, like, like someone shot it out of the air. Mm-hmm. Which is just weird. I mean, who knows? I mean, again, I wouldn't mind another kicker just to provide some competition. But let's see what he does Saturday night against New England. Let's see what he does next week in practice. Let's see what he does against Seattle. Seattle right? Is the third game. Mm-hmm. But again, like you know, I'm not as I'm going to give him time. With that said, I they can't afford to lose a game because he's missed. You know, if he misses a fifty, all right, I, I, you know, but. They, they 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 can't have Jordan Love play great and the offense look good and, and they get down there and score a winning touchdown or score what they think is going to be the winning touchdown and he misses an extra point and now they go overtime and lose an overtime. You can't have that. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that and that's my point. And that's that's part of my frustration is, is that it just seems inevitable based on what we've seen in camp and practice and in these joint practices and the preseason games that that's what we can expect is at some point – there's going to be a couple games that are going to get lost because a kick gets missed. Now, any kicker can miss a kick. Like I said, I've, you mentioned David Akers from the Eagles. He missed he missed two big kicks against the Packers in a, in a playoff game. That And the Packers won. The year they won the Super Bowl, for that matter. So, I mean, great kickers. There, isn't, there hasn't been a kicker from Jan Stenerud to Mason Crosby to whoever who's made every one of his kicks, right? I mean, but you got to you gotta make, you know, what – Whatever whatever the the number is these days, is it seventy eight percent or eighty two percent? Whatever that whatever that that wherever that bar is, you have to be at that bar, you know. And that's for the Packers to, to decide. And again, I don't think they're going to cut him per se. I don't. I think, but if he's if he is struggling, like I said, maybe you bring in another guy and you stash him on the practice squad for a year and let him work out the kinks. I wouldn't be against that at all. They've done that before with with like I said last year. I'm. They they had those guys on. I'm I, I'm like I said before when, when we started. I'm su- I'm still surprised they they went to camp with one kicker only. I mean hell they went they have two punters and two long snappers and only one kicker. Goody has already made a couple. He's already alluded a few times to wanting to get younger guys experience this season in games. And so part of the reason why at least I don't know if if it had anything more to do with it, but part of the reason why Mercedes Lewis isn't back is because he wants Musgrave and Tucker Kraft to get those snaps and get those reps went on offense. And so I think depending on how they feel about this year's chances, they may just say, look, we're riding with Carlson. And listen, if, if he struggles this year, this year is, you know, we don't expect much anyway. 
and let it, uh, you know, let him figure some things out. Let him figure some things out this season and be ready to go beyond that. Or at least then we know if we have to take another swing at it next year in the offseason. I'm, I'm not I'm not going there. I'm not buying that. No, this this season is not a watch. This this team could be pretty damn good. Jordan Love is going to be better than, than than a lot of people think. He's young wide receivers. I know they're young. That's why I said young, but they're good. Musgrave, again, it's early, and just like I'm, I'm giving Carlson a chance to to write him to write himself after only a month. But damn, if Luke Musgrave doesn't look like a, a star in the making after a month, he really defense... he he really does. And before you go off of that, Mark, I think this was part of what we talked about too. The Packers are he is absolutely a big part of this offense already. You can see how he's going to be featured and given an opportunity to make some plays. Now, the one thing that I've seen from him, and this is where I'll kind of talk out of the other side of my mouth because I'm I'm being hasty towards Anders Carlson, and then I'm going to turn around and tell everybody, hey, be patient with Musgrave because he's learning. At the tight end level, tight tight end's a tough position though to, to transition from college to the pros, and he's got to learn. He's got to learn to use his frame, his body, be able to box out, like get get the ball, that kind of stuff too. Once he figures that out, he's already got this great speed where he has to be accounted for on offense, and it's going to only open up things for other receivers. Right? Yeah. He's he is he really is a thing. I think the Packers really uh, hit you know hit yes. as far as it looks. So far, uh, in on the tight end spectrum, it looks like the Packers made a great choice here, and they hit on something that's going to be good for them for a couple of years here. Oh, for a long time, I think. You know, people say tight ends take time, and for and a lot of times they do. But I I did a story not too long ago about that, and there there have been some. You know, I I, I, I forgot off the top of my head. I know you know there have been some rookie tight ends that have put up some pretty good numbers. Kyle Pitts, you know, he was a fifth pick in the draft, but he he had a, he had a good rookie year. I go back. I go way back, and I was there, and I saw Keith Jackson with the Eagles, who then became a Packer and helped them win a Super Bowl. He caught eighty-eight passes as a rookie mm-hmm. on a team that needed they they he did what they needed him to do, which was you know take over the middle of the field and 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 go down the seam. And I'm not saying Musgrave's going to get eighty-eight catches, but I I think this guy's going to be good. I, I liked it when they picked him. This offense, you know, with Watson and Dobbs on the outside, and and probably Reed in the slot. Musgrave is going to have the opportunity. We we talked about we talked about that last week, I think. Where who's going to cover him? You 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 have to re- respect the outside guys. With Watson's speed, you know safeties are going to have to play over the top a little bit. He's probably going to have linebackers covering him, and he's too fast and too athletic for for most linebackers. Then you've got the then you then you only open up things for the running backs in the running game too. Right. And you've got a pretty good running back in Aaron Jones, yeah. who's yeah. very solid, and he'll make you pay if you don't have him accounted for. And then there's AJ Dillon, who should come out motivated after a down season last year too. And a contract year. There's only and a contract. There's only so many defenders on the field that can account for all of this. Somebody, somebody is always either going to be open or have a great chance to catch the ball. And the one thing I'm hearing about Jordan Love, especially that this past week too, is he's starting to find those tiny windows and placing the ball where he needs to place the ball. This is why all of this training camp preseason, all these reps matter. Because there's muscle memory, you you kind of get comfortable with where certain guys are going to go. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and start saying Rodgers to Jordy, but you do get that kind of trust in where the receiver's going and what they're doing, and you can only gain that by practicing and having reps. 
Good things are happening, but Packers had a really good practice. The, to move it, and you started talking about de- defense before I wanted to, to kind of finish up on Musgrave. The interior defensive line has been looking really good. Carl Brooks, again, looks continues to look good. Devontae Wyatt has made Wyatt. Some, some steps. You still have Kenny Clark. Don't forget about him out there. And the, the rest of this defense, I mean, this... There was also some talk. Now, I know that that nothing is, is final yet, but this came from Matt LaFleur. This wasn't just Rasul tra- uh, trolling us and being funny and talking about himself being yeah. a safety, but Carrington Valentine is a player that the Packers just simply cannot... That you can't keep him off the field if he's going to play the way no. he's been playing, and that's such a good problem to have because the safety position, we talked about it, is a big question mark, right? In fact, if I didn't pick Matt LaFleur for one of my biggest concerns, the safety position might have been next up on my list. And so if Rasul's going to move back there, if that's truly what he's going to do, because you trust Valentine to play on the outside, you've got Jair, you've got Keyshawn Nixon as well in the nickel, Stokes and then Eric Stokes, will, Eric Stokes will eventually come back. That's the other thing, too. If, if Valentine's out there, you can let Stokes take a couple extra weeks. Maybe he starts on Pup and you let him be a completely healed and you're completely sure that he's ready to go. Then that secondary is looking pretty damn good. Hello friends, as many of you know, a few years back the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two clicks only in fact, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never need to dig through your email. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry. 
with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yes. Oh, Valentine, what a pick that one. Uh, you have to wonder, I mean, and again, it's early, but this is a kid that looked good at OTA. And you said, ah, well, it's OTA and they're not really good. They don't, they don't even have pads on. No big deal. And they looked good again in mini camp, And you said, oh, okay, he's, that's good. He's doing okay. Then in the early, early part of camp, like, you know, re- reading guys like Paul and Andy and Damoski on uh, ESPN, Tom Silver, all the, all the writers that, that, that covered the team, every one of them has had nothing but praise for Carrington Valentine. And it's, it's like every day, he makes a play like every day. And then against in the in the game against the Bengals, my God, he was the best player on the field. Mm-hmm. He really was. I mean, he was amazing. He's breaking up passes. He's making tackles for a loss. He's he had the interception. He, he's. I mean, uh, it's amazing when you think how this guy fall to the seventh round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he went to a real school. It's not like he went to some. He went to Kentucky. You know, he played in the SEC. Yep. Played in the best conference in the country. Kentucky wasn't bad. They went to a bowl game. How did he fall so far? What, what, like, what was the? I don't understand what was the rap against him that that he went. You know, but hey, but I'm glad he did. And I'm glad the Packers took him because he looks like he's a legitimate. I'm like again. I don't know if he's going to keep playing at this level, but he's he's pretty good. Well, hopefully there isn't any sort of hidden surprise coming that we don't want on him that tells us the answer to the question of why he's a seventh <laughs> round was a seventh round pick. But for now, yeah. he looks good. He's playing well. And, the, and again, the Packers have this very fortunate problem of trying to figure out how to find a way to get him on the field. And again, without Eric Stokes, you, you can never have too many really good corners. No, you can, that corner is one position. Corners and pass rushers, you can't have enough of them because you just, they're so important. And the Packers have, like you said, Jair, Razul, Valentine, Nixon, when Stokes is healthy, that's five pretty good corners. Yeah, yeah. Know, the, yeah, the defense. The, I mean, the, the defense is looking pretty good. I mean, to your yeah. point on paper, the the Packers are definitely not like this the Mulligan season team. There's no. there's there's a lot of reasons. And and Jordan Love, if if, if he's not going to cost games, because that was the the thing. That was the goal. Let's just let's not lose because of Jordan Love. If they're not going to lose games, if they're if he's going to win them a couple and he's going to drop some of these dimes in there and make some really big time throws. Again, this is how you go from that 8-9 that Vegas says the Packers are going to win to 10-11. And now all of a sudden you're talking about winning a division. Now you're talking about hosting a playoff game. You're talking about leaps and bounds better than last season. And you're already in it. And if this young team can accomplish that this season, they are only going to get better. You're going to add more talent in the draft again. Next offseason, the Packers get rid of some of these big cap hits. They'll have more money to spend. The Packers are back in action. Even if they don't 
do anything magical in 2023. The Packers are back in action after just one season, and the rest of the league is just scowling at us because you can't keep this team down. I agree with all, everything that you just said, and I think I, I, I've been telling you, I when we went over when we were doing offseason stuff and the, 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 the over under came out, I I have I got a bunch of money on them winning over like on on the over. I'm, I'll tell you right now, their schedule's not that difficult. The division's not that great, and I, like I've said before, if they were in the AFC. East or the AFC North or even the NFC East, I wouldn't be quite as confident. But I, I'm not crazy about the Bears, Vikings, and Lions. Nobody I mean, is. The Lions are, like I said, the Lions. The Lions are better. They're not the Lions. They're, they're not the, the the laughing stock Lions anymore. They're 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 a, a legitimate team. Campbell's brought an attitude there that that's you know pretty good. They have some they have some decent players, but they don't scare me. They're not they're not the Eagles or the 49ers or the Cowboys. They're they're the Lions. The Bears are the Bears. I'm not worried about the Bears. And the Vikings, I think, have taken has, has, have taken more. Well, they were kind of a fraud last year, as we saw, right? I mean, they, they won some games. God bless them. They, they found ways to win a bunch of games that they probably shouldn't have won. And then it all kind of evened out at the end when they lost in the first round of the playoffs. And and they've taken a ton of hits. I mean, they, Cook's gone and Thielen's gone and Kendricks is gone and one of their, uh, well, Zadarius Smith is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've taken a lot of hits. On the on on both sides of the ball, so I mean, I don't. I think they're in a rebuilding mode, with a quarterback that's getting older. So yeah, I, I, again, I, I think I think I I think the Packers are the best team in the NFC North. I've been saying it again, and I've always been a I've been the biggest Jordan Love fan, or one of the biggest Jordan Love fans for the last whatever many years. So I I wasn't as worried about Love as everybody else was, and he's been good. He's been like, again, it's early, but he's not. He's doing everything that you could expect of him. The game against the Bengals, I mean, he was 7 for 10, one bad pass. When he, he had Musgrave wide open and got a little too full, maybe he couldn't believe how wide open he was and he overthrew him. The other, the long pass to Watson was a good ball. Dax Hill just made a great play. And that, you know, there's a reason Dax Hill was a first-round pick because he's a good player and he made a good play. Right. Good players make good plays. Yes. And then the third one was 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 tipped at the line. So I'll take, if, if he completes 70% of his passes for the year, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with that. So I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I again, maybe I'm call me up, call me, you know, an optimist, or I'm looking at it through green and gold glasses. But I, I think this offense is going to be better than people think. Like I said, these these young wide receivers, Watson, Dobbs, Tory makes plays all the time. Uh, Reed looks like a player. This this Malik Heath, I don't know what he's going to do when the season starts. If, if he's even going to make the team, but my gosh, he he's been making plays every day in practice. The, the undrafted rookie out of Ole, Ole Miss. So I mean, you know, Musgrave and and, and Kraft. Aaron, you mentioned Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in the backfield, and a pretty darn good offensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not they, a lot of holes. Not on offense, there really isn't. It, they're youth. They're young. The receivers and well, they're young at receiver and and tight end. So if you say overall re- receiver, they're, they they are young. They're all first and second year guys, and they're gonna they're probably gonna make a mistake or two. You know, they might. Although the, the mistakes that I would think they're going to make is like not running the proper route, not being where they're supposed to be. But that hasn't happened. They, these guys seem to be pretty smart and pretty sound, fundamentally sound, especially Dobbs. Dobbs is like he's he's miles ahead of where he should be as a young receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like he's mm-hmm. he seems to be pretty smart. And Watson, too. Like Watson, they say he's a great studier. And, he you know, so I don't know. I'm I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm optimistically impressed by by what I've seen so far and what I've what I've seen in the game and with the one game and then what I've what I've read about and, and heard about from what's going on in practice every day. Yeah, I think the offense is going to be better than people think, and the defense should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. This could be a good secondary. 
with what, all the guys we just mentioned earlier. And from what I read today from um, our old friend Paul Paul Brettel, our, our former podcast partner, and um, he couldn't he couldn't say enough good things about how to how to pass rush and, and front looked against the Patriots today. Yep. And that's a Patriots still. It's Bill Belichick doesn't want his yes. team looking chumpy. I wonder if he got what he what you thought he was after, which was some intel on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I'm I'm sure. I think that's the whole point of him coming into Green Bay. Sure. But um, and I don't think Green Bay didn't mind at all helping him out there. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. New England. Listen, these are not the Tom Brady Patriots. They're, they're, you know, the team that went to the Super Bowl and won a bunch of them, and they're, they're probably not even a playoff team at this point. You know, but. It's still Bill Belichick. He's still, you know, and in camp and in practices, you know, he's he's going to have his team. Now they're not as talented as they once were, but they're going to be prepared. They're going to be fundamentally sound because mm-hmm. he's their coach. So, yeah, I, I thought, you know, that, I'm glad the Packers played New England, and I'm glad they practiced against a team like like New England because you know, like I said, they might not be the, the most talented team in the league, but they're going to be as well coached as any team in the league. Well, one of the biggest downers is we don't have any fights to talk about. There was one minor yeah. scuffle, but I think the Packers basically got it out of their system last week and they weren't going to test their head coach two weeks in a row and definitely not That's with right. Belichick on the other sideline. Right, right. And then again, now, yeah, that was that thing with the Bengals, that was, you know, I don't know, like, like they said one time, the, the Bengals was at work, the Bengal player was at fault the first time and Jenkins might have been at fault the second time. But, well, he got tomorrow's practice, though, still, right? Or Thursday's practice, today's practice, after listening to us today, mm-hmm. Thursday. So, you know, hopefully there won't be any fights. What was, I know this is uh, probably a week late, but I was going to ask you, like, what was one of the biggest fights you can remember in a training camp? In a training camp? Gosh. Well, like I said, when the the Eagles practiced against the Lions back in, I think it was 86. Yeah, it was Buddy's first year. 86. There was a fight every day and all day. They just, that's all they did was fight. Because that that was their, because that was their MO. Yeah, and that was Buddy trying to get it to find out. You know, he came and took it. That team was terrible in 85. When The team he, he took over was, was just awful. And he wanted to weed out the guys that he that weren't going to fight like. They weren't going to be tough. So he kind of encouraged the fights. <laughs> God, I'm trying to think of an in-house fight. There was a couple. Oh, no, here's the best. This was in London. The Eagles and Browns go, uh, were practicing in, in uh, for a preseason game, the first preseason game ever in, in London. And um, Ron Heller, the Eagles tackle, and Baker, I forget his first name, Bubba Baker, defensive lineman for the Browns. They went at it. I mean, they really went at it and then and then ripped each other afterwards. I remember going back and I, I kind of stoked it up a little bit, probably more than more than most. But, <laughs> you know, I got Heller to badmouth Baker and I went over to Baker and got Baker to badmouth Heller. And oh, that was that was fun. <laughs> but they were like one of them poked the other one in the eye. And yeah, that was that was a knock him down, drag out, nasty nasty fight sure yeah and then, it, and then a couple others here's some tears here's some two big name guys that kind of went at it a little bit in, in camp uh later on was um john runyon john runyon senior i guess we should call him now since john runyon jr is plays for the packers but john runyon senior and hugh douglas Ooh. two pretty good players yeah two tough uh, sobs yeah and two you know two pro bowl players they went they you know they would they would go at each other and practice every day and it got it got kind of it got a little it got a little feisty and a little nasty at at, at times. A little chippy. Mm, more than chippy. <laughs> a little more than nasty. chippy. Nasty is a couple of levels above chippies. 
Right. Well, you did, and that's where you need. You know, that's that's obviously where you need to, to you know keep it keep it under wraps and and make sure that you've got your your stalwarts and and your protectors to make sure things don't get too out of out of control. Remember last week, Bakhtiari was joking around with Trey Hendrickson of the Bengals, and I feel like he's probably in that role of of being somebody who can help keep the team in check as as someone who's had a lot of training camps and a lot of experience. And speaking of Bakhtiari, I guess we can kind of mention a little bit there. There were some unfounded rumors floating around about the Jets inquiring about David Bakhtiari and any trade possibility. I'll, I'll tell you right now, the the amount of of cap loss the Packers would experience by making a trade for David Bakhtiari, and I don't even care what the incoming team, I don't, don't even worry about it, it's not the Jets, because that was the team that was rumored to be interested in, in him and talking to him, of course, because Packers East, right? But right. David Bakhtiari is over $30 million dead cap between this year and next year. This is not a real rumor, and again, this is one of those, be careful where you're, what you share, because this thing got shared quite a bit, and there was a bunch of debates, and like, well, do we trade him, and you know, is it good to get something if you've got Rasheed Walker, and Caleb Judd, all this other stuff, and the rationales that I saw, and no, the answer is a quick, simple no. Right, I'm with you 100. Well, for for a number of reasons. Start with the fact, like you said, with the cap situation. Second is you, I, they're not ready to move on yet. I mean, yeah, Walker and Neiman, they're all good. They're they're not bad, but they're not back to Ari, okay. And with a young quarterback in Jordan Love, you want you want him protected as well as possible. Right. I mean, you, you want his left. You want a pro bowl left tackle in front of him. Not mm-hmm. a and nothing against, you know, Neiman could do a good job and maybe walk there. You know, but that's 2024, 2025, 2023. I think it's still back to Ari. And if they're going to tr- do people forget the Packers have the Jets first round pick in all likelihood, at least their second round pick at, if, at worst. If Rogers doesn't play 65 percent of the plays, you don't want the, the Jets offensive line is a mess right now. Which, which is why people are saying it's, it's you know, they're, it, these are people just trying to add two and two. Oh, the Jets need an offensive lineman. Their offensive line is so bad. Hey, Packers got some good young tackles. Maybe they'll trade him back to Yard. Even Rodgers are good friends. But what do the Packers get out of this? They don't want to help the Jets. The last thing they want to do is make the Jets better because then that pick becomes, you know, a, a low, a really low first-round pick. The best-case scenario for the Packers is the Jets, Rodgers plays, but the Jets aren't good, and that pick's, number 12 overall again or something you know right yeah absolutely so yeah this and again it's it's not founded there's really not much to talk about here it's not going going to happen now if david bakhtiari goes nuclear on the packers and they start for a struggling and they start one and four one and five and he's miserable and the packers just are like okay we need to cut bait but even if they decide to do that they're still in miami you're still putting yourself in a in a pretty big hole here you're supposed you know next year and beyond is supposed to be the the dig out like okay we have money again season and then you set yourself back and now you you really kind of don't and you've got some decisions to make coming up here with Rashawn gary and some contracts that you have to figure out for some other players. I don't know if they plan on doing anything with A.J. Dillon. Now, running backs obviously are not not very expensive anymore. The NFL has decided that the running backs are, are the, the least valued. I mean, I think punters are going to be making more than running backs <laughs> before before too long. It's, it's incredible what's happening there, but another topic for another time. Packers need to be smart about this, and, and trading David Bakhtiari, not yeah. the way to do it. Well, it's funny. Uh, this came out. I, I happened to be listening, and I heard him say, Coming up at the top of the hour, Green Bay Packer tackle, David Bakhtiari is going to join us. So I'm like, oh, I am. I'll leave it on now for the top of the hour. And he came on. It was great. You know, he's a great interview, Dave, David Bakhtiari. And he didn't sound like anybody that was 
looking to get out of he he's uh, you know again he's, he 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 knows what to say and what not to say but he, you know he talked about Aaron Rodgers and how and it, it is different him not being there but he was also very excited about Jordan Love and his Packer offense talking about he was jo- you know joking that that they, that they call him OG now you know he's the old guy on the on the on the offense which you know he says you know that's kind of funny he talked about when you know when he came in and the guys that were there and uh, but now he's that guy. But he, you know, he sounded like someone that is looking forward to being the the old guy and the and the leader on a on a young team. And like he said, he 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 spoke very highly of, of Jordan Love and and the wide and the young receivers. And sounded more like a guy that ready to be the the leader of the team. Yeah, or the leader of the offense at least. And you, you know, some will say, well, what's he supposed to say and all that kind of stuff. David Bakhtiari can say whatever he wants. He's sure. he's locked in in Green Bay, and and the Packers have a hard time moving him. He's he's got leverage here. He's I mean, he has been very candid about some thoughts that he had about the. Mm-hmm. Now this is not the Packers team, but like the the social media team and all that other kind of stuff there too. If he wants to say something or not say something as positive as he had, he can certainly do that. Right, and you can even tell. When a guy says something, I kind of have a sense when they're being sincere and when they're being media friendly, for lack of a better words, you know, he was being sincere. I mean, he I, I he wasn't just saying nice things about Jordan Love to say nice things about Jordan Love. He was impressed that how, at how Jordan Love was hand, not just not just the way Jordan Love was playing, but more of how he was handling himself and, and and running the offense. He was and he even said Rome asked him, I'm paraphrasing Rome's question, but it was kind of like. Well, Love isn't really like a first-year, your normal first-year starter. Like he's he's not like Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson. And back to where he's like, absolutely not. No, this guy's been in. He's been here. He's been in. He's you know. He, no, he hasn't played, but he's been in meetings. He's been in practice. He practiced a lot last year because Aaron didn't practice a lot last year. And so no, no, we don't. We expect him. There's no, you know, we're not looking at him as a rookie or a first year. We're looking at him as a guy that's going to come in and play well and win games for us. Right. Yeah. And and the, all those things put together and, and love on the practice field, making the throws. We'll have another sample of him this weekend against the Patriots. Stack the good performances and follow up good with more good. Don't go backwards and throw two interceptions or have some kind of crazy thing happen where you've you've lost your mind like he he did make a couple of throws where he was under pressure and and that the throw angle wasn't great and they didn't end up being good passes they were incomplete you know he hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions in camp although we, there were a couple yeah. defender defensive guys who dropped a couple picks that's why they're not receivers because that's why they play why they play defense they can't catch but do good things and make good mechanics and make sure that that you're putting the Packers in as good a position as possible. And I think, again, the takeaway, the big takeaway from the joint practice, at least the one on Wednesday that we had a chance to talk about, was way more good than bad. And listen, to get back to the whole kicker thing, it does matter. It is three sure. points per field goal. But I will say that it it seems to me like I, I think, and listen, I mean, Matt LaFleur and in, in today's NFL – if it's close, it's fourth down. Listen, you might see the Packers go for it on fourth down more than any other team in the NFL because <laughs> they would rather take their chance of getting two yards and keeping a drive going and scoring a touchdown than having to, to having to try to kick a field goal. I don't know. With with Carlson, it seems like you either kick it from 50 or if it's in, inside of 30, just keep going and score a touchdown. Hey, I... Well, I, I'm, I'm a, I like that. <laughs> I'm a go-for-it guy. I don't, I don't mind that at all. I don't mind them... I don't. Fourth and one, fourth and two. Go ahead, I don't mind going for it. Again, you got to be smart. If it's the end of the game and you're down one or tied, no, I want him kicking the winning field goal. But I, I like aggressive. Foot. Doug Peterson. Hey, I mean, I, I, you know, he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles by by running the, the Philly special from the one yard line and again on fourth down, right? So 
I, I yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind aggressive. And but I think, and I think you're right. I think that could play into things when you don't trust your kicker. You do tend to go for it more, and maybe they. Hey, maybe the Packers will go for two more sometimes. Also, right? And, and that's about it. And that's fine. Again, listen, young team to build it up, and and they have the they have if. Jaden Reed is going to be as effective as he's going to be. And Dobbs, like you said, in short yardage and you've got a Musgrave and you can just throw it up and he's going to win eight out of 10 times over these safeties and corners and linebackers that are going to be covering him. Sure. Go for it. Why not? More point. I mean, the last I checked, the more points you have on the scoreboard, it helps. So if you want to go for two. Well, you want this is this is foolproof. If you get more than the other team, you're going to win. That's 100 percent of the time. Not even the Yogi Bear at 60 percent of the time. It works 80 percent. That is 100 percent of the time. True. I'm pretty sure about that. If you get more than another team, you win. Absolutely, absolutely do. So it ain't golf. It ain't golf. It's that is that is indeed that is indeed. So what the, you got? So what? What? Um, you're you're back with your quick slants now, right? I've been back. Yeah, back with quick slants. So I'll have another show coming up on Monday. I had my friend Amr Desai who joined me and had a great conversation with him. He's he's a Packers Twitter. I'll call him a legend. I mean, he's he's out there a lot and he's he's very, very well followed and had a great conversation with him and hoping to have him back on again soon. We'll see if I have a guest of of my own. Speaking of guests, you and I next week, Mark. Yes, we'll be joined by Mark Ross, one time director of college scouting for both the Philadelphia Eagles and Buffalo Bills and one time assistant general manager and two time Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants and now a member of the NFL Network's broadcast team. He'll be joining us, and I'll give you a little hint as to why you say, why are we having him on? What's he, what, what, Bills, Eagles, Giants? Well, Mark was a very big fan of a certain quarterback in the 2020 draft. I won't tell you who that is. You have to tune in next week to find out what quarterback in the 2020 draft Mark was a big fan of. If you're into context clues, you might have an inkling as to who it might be, but I <laughs> yeah. think it's, but we'll it wait. Wasn't, it wasn't Tua. More to come. Yeah, more to come next week on the next edition of the third or the next Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. And then, Mark, for you, likewise, too. What's up at Packer Report? What's coming up? Well, up, up currently is my um, observations and looking forward after the, um, the Bengal game. And then coming up Friday morning, I'll have some things that I'm going to look for in the Patriot game. Excellent. Awesome. Well, we'll be back at it again next week. Have a have a. Uh, looking forward to that and having uh, a lot of fun watching this second Packers preseason game. Hopefully we have some good news to talk about next week and early next early next week. And just don't next, get hurt. And just don't, don't get hurt, as always. As always. So everybody enjoy the weekend. Uh, take care. Hope summer's treating you well wherever you're at. As always, go Pack Go.